a commercial real estate pioneer who helped build up Bardstown Road and Nulu, has passed away. We'll talk about his legacy and what he left behind. Also, got some updates on this pandemic stuff. Maybe some good news in there. The Access Louisville podcast is next. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Brooke Timmons. Hey there. And just Brooke Timmons. Oh, wait, Marty Finley's here. Oh, wait, here Marty's too. here. I'm here. Can you oh, hear me? Marty's here. Marty's here. All right. Yes. Good to see you, Marty. Uh, Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on the city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do, with a difficult question for our panel. So guys, we had this story this week on LouisvilleBusinessFirst.com about a new Lifetime mini-movie that's from Louisville's own KFC called A Recipe for Seduction. The movie features Mario Mario Lopez playing the part of Colonel Sanders. And according to the trailer, there seems to be some love triangle between the Colonel and his love interest and some rich bad guy type. KFC is kind of known for its silly advertising. Uh, Marty made a comment that he's convinced that uh, one of the 11 herbs and spices is actually cocaine. So uh, (laughs) my question to you guys (laughs) is what is your favorite silly KFC promotion? It could be something like a favorite kernel or maybe the chicken corsage or the chicken scented fire log or this new movie or whatever. Um, And Brooke, I'm going to start with you on that one. So I think I've said this actually on this podcast before, but my favorite uh, of the KFC promotions is the gold plated chicken jewelry because like it part horrifies me, but also is like super cool. Like I kind of like chicken in there. I can't remember. It's like a chicken bone that they like gold plated. Like I'm like, I also kind of want to be like, someone's like, Hey, I like your necklace. Thanks. It's a chicken bone that was gold plated. Like, you know, like just have that flex on somebody. Like when they're like, yeah, that's kind of cool. You're like, yeah, no, I know. So like, it's like part horrifying, but also part like kind of cool. So it is cool. uh, Um, Side note, you ever been to uh, red hog, um, the butcher shop on uh, Frankfurt Frankfurt. Avenue? I haven't. The owner of that, I interviewed him one time and he was wearing a chicken foot necklace and it was made of a real chicken foot. And the reason that he was doing that was to like, remind himself of the difficulty that goes into being a farmer and raising chickens. And I was, it's like, it was kind of a, uh, I thought it was cool, but maybe it was just a little uh, dark. <laughs> you, like you all, you, for those of you listening, you can't see my face of just kind of <laughs> bewilderment. On- <laughs> she, she was horrified there for a second, but I couldn't, I was like, did she look like, up? I, I was I, <laughs> did she freeze no she's still <laughs> just there with the same look on her face uh it's i like his reasoning behind that i i, yeah. I, I like that someone is recognizing that because i don't feel like people give enough thought to where their food comes from but I, I, yeah and he does and that's a good thing so but he I, I, all the way in and you know what yeah snaps for him yeah like, I, that's a cool place anyway uh it, 
I hadn't been there, you know, since the pandemic started. So I hope they're they're doing okay. But it's a cool place you can get uh, you can like pick your meat and and get beer and that sort of thing too. So it's very cool. Uh, anyway, way off the topic. Let's talk about KFC. Marty, what's your favorite KFC promotion? I think up until the Mario Lopez thing, it was RoboCop Colonel. I think mostly <laughs> for the nostalgia. I was a big RoboCop fan as a kid, even though that movie's. Not for kids at all, but I enjoyed it when I was like five or six years old. Um, so what you're telling that's me not, is that Billy Zane Colonel wasn't your favorite? No, I'm not a Billy Zane guy. Billy Zane, friend of the I, show. I've hated him since Titanic, so. <laughs> I really hate that, yeah. So, um, I think maybe we've had this conversation before. At least three <laughs> times already. Yeah. But I have to say, after watching the trailer, I'm kind of down with this ridiculous Mario Lopez thing. I kind of am too. The dialogue was pretty gold, and I think it was you know the secrets out chicken man really, yeah, really uh, that was a line, me yeah, over. That was really good. Um, the butcher knife it's being held sort of like dramatically. No, I got to that touch. scene in the trailer, and I was like, whoa! Like I had some sort of like Ron Burgundy. Well, that escalated quickly. Moment, it's like <laughs> they were going to murder him. <laughs> like, but I also was, like the smooth. I also like the smooth line where he goes, I'm Harlan Sanders, the new chef, but he says it really cool. Yeah. And kind of, you know, <laughs> only, smooth. Only in a way that AC Slater could have. So I, I was going to say, like, I kind of want them to do a, like a spinoff of several mini movies with Mario Lopez, but in different genres of movies, like maybe an action movie, horror movie, co- you know, straight up comedy, you know, Can't artsy. Like an indie Solid house idea. arts flick. Like do all these different indie types of arts movies. Flick. Yeah. <laughs> yes, different genres. This one's a lifetime movie. That is its own genre. Um, very dramatic. Like a sci-fi original. Like yeah, do Sharknado. a sci-fi. Yeah. yeah. That, would, that would be great. Like a Spock TV special. I don't <laughs> think Spock TV is still around. But... but bring it back just for this. Um, um, Marty, I'm hearing some feedback on your mic again. Yeah, I think uh, I'm moving around too much. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So my favorite colonel, I'm not even a wrestling fan, but I really love the uh, Dolph Ziggler when they had the wrestler colonel because I thought that, that was, was pretty a, good too. That was a like a, a funny different colonel. And I think that's really when they started going off the rails and they've been off the rails for a good long time now. So I liked the Reba colonel. Yeah, uh, that was a good one too. Um, I'm looking through a slideshow of various colonels over the years. Oh, the uh, the value colonel, which was an actor no one's ever heard of, uh, <laughs> just because he he's playing the everyman, the average Joe colonel. I thought that was I do great. like the uh, extra crispy with George Hamilton. That might be my favorite. That one like solidified like the crazy colonel movement. I think. Anyway. Switching to another topic this week, a little uh, sadder topic. Uh, Marty, you wrote an obit story on Tim Peters, uh, who we called a Nulu pioneer. He died in his home earlier this month after suffering a heart attack. Um, I thought it was an interesting read. I'm not familiar with him before. And uh, just the the amount of stuff he had his uh, hands in just seemed like, uh, seemed very overwhelming. So Marty, what were some of his uh, key contributions? Yeah, he lived a very full life. I didn't actually know Tim. I'd written about him before, and he had come up in some of my stories, but I had never actually got to sit down and chat with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he got he got involved in uh, real estate uh, restoration and renovations pretty early. 
uh, here in Louisville. He uh, purchased some property on Bardstown Road in the early 1980s when there was a lot of dilapidated storefronts there. It wasn't the kind of bustling uh, neighborhood that the Hollands is today. Uh, so he got in sort of on the, uh, the bottom, you know, the cutting edge or cutting room floor there on Barstone Road. And the same with East Market Street, he partnered with Gil Holland and his wife and some other early investors to buy up the Wayside Christian Mission buildings. There was about 10 properties that were purchased there in the late 2000s. That was sort of the catalyst that kicked off renovation of the East Market Street district, which now, you know, of expanded into what we know now as Nulu. And it was, of course, exploding. Uh, it's kind of going through its second, I guess, revolution mm -hmm. uh, or evolution with a lot of new development coming in there again. So, you know, he was kind of in on both of those. Uh, I actually spoke to Gil Holland um, uh, a little bit about this this week. Uh, he said he was a great friend, great mentor, but, mm -hmm. you know, also was one of the first people to kind of buy into Gil's vision for what Nulu could be. So, mm -hmm. you know, he was one of those guys that uh, one of the first people he went to and said, hey, I get it. I see it. I know what you're trying to yeah. go for. Not everyone, uh, if you talk to Gil, not everyone bought into it. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. So uh, he was one of those guys that did early on. He co-developed the green building with Gil, right? Yeah, that was uh, one of the first, if not the first, lead platinum building. Mm -hmm. So very energy efficient. Um, I think it was the first in Louisville to be lead platinum certified. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that building ended up being, um, I know it, I think Kave Zmanian from uh, Rabbit Hole recently purchased that. But uh, Tim was the uh, contractor on that and uh, a partner with Gil when they, uh, when they renovated that space. And I remember this story. I think we wrote it in 2008, which, Brooke, did you work at Business First in 2008? I did. <laughs> I um, it said something to the effect of, it was Tim Peters talking, and he said, this is going to be the next Bardstown Road. And that was in 2008 that he said that, which I yeah. – I rode through New Loop plenty in 2008 and, um, and you know, it didn't look like Bardstown Road. So to have that vision that he did, that that's pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of assumed Bardstown Road had always been there and always been hip, but uh, it sounds like he kind of bought into it before it really became the Bardstown Road that we all know and love today. Um does anybody remember a time when it wasn't like the place to be? I bet it's Brooke, you've probably been around the longest in town, but I bet your whole life it's been like this hip place to be. So, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking I was, you know, I read that question. I was like, I honestly don't remember a time when Bardstown road wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know what it is. Like when I was growing um, up in the nineties and I lived in Bardstown, which is like the least, it's the opposite of Bardstown road. It's like the least hip uh, place uh, <laughs> in the universe. Um, you know, Bardstown road was just out there and had all these cool shops and um, you know, your ecstasy was there and restaurants. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like places like electric Ladyland, that just fascinated <laughs> me as like a like a stoner well teenager. and there were always radio <laughs> radio commercials for all these places you know yeah. growing up for me yeah. so and you kind of like I, learned about them that way <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's how i learned about the places in Bardstown road and yeah yeah for sure so it's interesting to hear that he kind of had he was a pioneer of that too um mm -hmm. i'd love to talk to someone who remembers Bardstown Road before when it was like not as hip, but I, I can't imagine that. It just seems like it's been that way for my entire life. Um, and then uh, Nulu, I do remember when it wasn't a hip place to go. I used to, I used to live in the Highlands. 
uh, and work in downtown Jeff and I would ride my bike downtown Jeff every day. And, um, I would cut through Newlu and that was the scariest part of the whole drive <laughs> because <laughs> Newlu was a scary place at the time. Uh, you know, when I was downtown, I felt fine. And when I was in the Highlands, I felt fine, but, uh, that was kind of like a rough neighborhood. Um, felt, felt weird going over the bridge at the time too, because that was the second street bridge. That was before the, the big, uh, big four bridge was opened up. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, to see what it's become, today i remember like one or two shops there back in in 08 uh probably stuff that he was involved in and in the green building and that sort of thing but uh what are you guys first memories of nulu and you know do you, do you visit there very often brooke i'll start with you um so i'm gonna go in the way way back machine and tell you that my first uh memory of nulu is when i was in elementary school because i went to lincoln elementary which oh, is okay. right there at the yeah. end of nulu and it's um, a cool looking elementary school too. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I loved my time at Lincoln. Um, it, uh, long story for how that ended up being the school I went to. Um, you walk in at me on Twitter and I can tell you. But um, <laughs> Well, that's like a magnet school, right? It wasn't back then, um, but they had first grade advanced program in my cluster. Hi, JCPS. So that's why I went there. Um, And it was only a few blocks from my mom's office. So she liked that that was our situation. So I guess you don't need to add me on Twitter. But anyways, (laughs) so she doesn't uh, answer on Twitter anyway. um, I do sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Um, Anyway, so that is, that's my very, very first memories of uh, Nulu. And I remember when like the Jeep dealership was there and all of that. Wow. So that's, I don't even that's remember way that. back. Um, yeah. And which is where like the feast, that whole complex right there. Um, I think mm-hmm. I'm remembering that correctly. I think that was a Jeep dealership. Anyway. Um, but once Nulu started percolating and kind of starting to happen, um, one of my favorite places to go, um, which has since closed, uh, is Cake Flower Bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up moving out of Nulu later and moving to uh, Prospect um, and now have since closed. But I, it's where Feast is now. And oh, I loved going down there and just getting a box full of treats, bringing it back to the people in the office. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's my first memory of Nulu. I think I remember that um, that place. I never stopped in there, but um, like an idiot, I probably assumed that they only sold cake flour. So um, <laughs> and then moved on. Uh, you missed out. And I'm making you sound like 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 you've been around for for a long time, but you know, I think the thing is, you've just lived in Louisville longer than me and Mark. Yeah, I was like, I'm the youngest person. I and I was gonna say, like, <laughs> you're younger than me. I think you're younger than Marty too. But um, but uh, yeah, you've just been around town you've been in here in town longer than we have so we just don't have these this uh you know experience to draw on how about you marty i mean you're a transplant to the louisville area um you know is that a place that you remember going uh when you first got here yeah probably when Brooke was hanging out in Nulu, i was hanging out in lexington because i grew up a lot closer to lexington than louisville yeah that's where my family would hang out if we went you know big city that was considered the big city to us because i grew up in a small town but um I guess I started frequenting Louisville quite a bit in about 2008, 2009, I, grew, I, I moved to Elizabethtown. So I wasn't, but about 45 minutes away or so. And so I'd come through for concerts and come to headliners and a lot of the other venues. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'd wander into 
Nulu, I guess, when in, in its earliest days, 2008, 2009, there was only a handful, like you said, a few shops, a few restaurants. Um, I didn't think much of it. I didn't know much about it at the time. It was, of course, Nulu isn't what it is today, obviously. So I was just like, okay, here's some stuff. So I just, it didn't have, leave a huge impression at the time, but you know, the, the more I started coming up here, the more things started to take off. And mm-hmm. I found myself going there more frequently as they got more restaurants and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. and now, uh, you know, obviously we're not there as much during the pandemic, but you know, we, we go down there to restaurants and we sometimes just go down there and walk around my family and I and different mm-hmm. places and shops. And so it's one of the places, places. kind yeah. of a go-to place because it's one thing we really like about having small kids is it's very walkable. Mm-hmm. during the day so that's mm-hmm. that's one reason that we love going down there we can just park our car walk all over the place and not have to worry about driving everywhere so yeah and to think like i mean seeing what's developed there now at the ac Nulu hotel and rabbit hole distillery i mean that's just come so so far from from probably what mr peters had in mind so uh, mm-hmm. pretty pretty cool to see that um uh let's see here uh, switching gears we'll talk you mentioned COVID earlier marty um we're seeing some better numbers at, on on uh covet 19 this week right um seems like bashir said we hit a uh another what's he called a plateau in numbers yeah i don't know if we're, i don't know if i would call it a plateau yet uh but the numbers have slowed a little bit mm-hmm. i think on tuesday there were a thousand cases lower than the previous tuesday the Monday, this past Monday was really low yeah. uh, compared to the Monday before, which Mondays are usually low because a lot of the labs are closed on Sunday. So mm-hmm. those numbers tend to be kind of deceptively low on Monday. Most Me of and my wife, anyway. uh, we like to joke that uh, it's like the, you know, how you spend over the weekend and none of the transaction shows up until uh, uh, Tuesday. Monday, Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always Tuesday with our banks. Or both, yeah. We have different banks. But uh, uh it's always like, well, everything comes through on Tuesday <laughs> and uh, yeah. kind of like that uh, with, uh, with the COVID results. It's, I've noticed a lot. So of, yeah. So there, that. you know, and one thing that the governor says, he thinks that if, if you had had Thanksgiving in there, that the numbers would probably be lower because they put the, they put those new restrictions in about a week before yeah. or a little, a little under a week before the Thanksgiving holiday and the long weekend. So there was some get togethers and stuff that probably kept those a little higher than they'd locked. Honestly, like I know we probably haven't got all the numbers in effect from Thanksgiving, but mm-hmm. I thought it would be higher by now than it is. Like I thought it was going to be a freaking calamity. Like I think it has been more so in like Indiana because Indiana had several days where they had almost 9,000 cases. Yeah. Yeah. Which is much. And they're finally like, I saw Holcomb yesterday, finally. Um, taking some steps now. And, um, yeah, so they, they've had a lot of cases. They've had a lot of deaths. I thought the day they had almost 100 deaths again today. Yeah. Not, Kentucky's not even come close to that in a daily death rate. Um, and you've seen Indiana have, I think one day they had almost 150 people die in a single day. Wow. So it's been much, I think you're seeing much more of the Thanksgiving spock across the river, which – I live in Indiana, so I'll pay close attention to their numbers. <laughs> I bet. Uh, yeah, well, I think he shut down hospital elective procedures. Um, yeah. Announced that they were going to shut down hospitals. Probably a good idea. Which is a big, like, that's a huge amount of money for mm-hmm. hospitals. Um, they make all their money on, you know, 
uh, well, not all their money, but they make a significant amount of money on elective procedures, you know, and that's, you know, a joint replacement is an elective procedure. That's not all like uh, frivolous surgeries or, or, or anything like that. Um, so that's a lot of money for them. So that's like having huge economic impact over there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I know that a lot of rural providers in Kentucky have uh, definitely felt the effects of when we shut down yeah, our elective saying, procedures. Well, not only that, but a lot of the, you're seeing that a lot of the rural areas that they're running out of space, like even in Kentucky with lower cases, they're running out of bed space. Mm -hmm. uh, not seeing that as much here, but you're seeing it in other parts of other right. regions of the state. And like I've been talking to our healthcare reporter, I should, should have reached out to Chris, but he had a, uh, he had a family thing today. Um, and, you know, and he's told me it's not just about having beds. It's about having staff and like mm -hmm. nurses to, mm -hmm. to staff those beds. So, um, so it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot, you know, if we, if we put our cases up to your it's so much more for the health care organizations to deal with. Um, I probably have rambled on way too long here. Is it, are you guys like having pandemic fatigue right now? Cause yeah. I tell you, I'm freaking over this thing. Like I'm so, I am too. <laughs> I think it's at the winter. Beginning, at, well, it's winter, but at the beginning, I'm an introvert. So at the beginning when we started doing work from home, not that I don't love, you know, going to the office or whatever, but I was just like, I was thriving the first like month or two. I was like, mm -hmm. this is great. I was made for this. Uh, and now I'm, over it in all caps. Yeah, like same. I miss people. I miss my old life. I miss going out. I miss, I miss so many things. I just think that, my life can't take place within the four walls of my house. Like I'm right. supposed to be out there doing Someone asked me something. like, Oh, are you still liking your new house? And I was like, I like it, but I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> like, yeah. I went to the office the other day, just out of sheer boredom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've not been I've not been back in the office, but my daughter's on virtual schooling and she's here all the time. So yeah, I don't really want to have to lug her along to the office with me. But yeah, I'm kind of I've, I've hit fatigue too. I think I I really started hitting it around Thanksgiving. We were hoping to have. I think my daughter's like tearing her house down. So I apologize for the background noise. <laughs> That's uh, all right. But uh, so yeah, around Thanksgiving we were hoping to have my family, my parents up. So we're going to get tested and have just a low key Thanksgiving. And we decided we said I'm mixing that. And it was just me and my wife and kids. And it was fun. I enjoyed my one weekend, but you know, it's like, man, it would be nice to have at least a few people around that mm -hmm. I haven't seen in months and months. So yeah, I think mine is just, I'd like to be able to get out and interact with people a little bit again. Yeah. Well, I think and I'm getting a little bit summer. sick in my house as well. Yeah. Like I could go to the park or whatever and I could yeah. see my neighbors and you know, I sat on my front porch. daylight yeah. lasted till nine o'clock and you know, it was fine. Uh, and now it's like, it gets dark. I barely see anybody. <laughs> I can't go to the park. Yeah. It's too cold to go to the park. So it's just. Well, right. I've been telling my wife that I'm worried that January, February is going to be the worst period of the, for like for the after Christmas potential mm -hmm. spike of cases, but also cause it's just going to be extremely cold. There's going to be nothing like, like a holiday to look forward to. It's just going to be cold and dark. So <laughs> I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping there's some some breaks in it. Uh, but I'm a little worried it could be one of the more trying periods to come. Is yeah. mm -hmm. I'm worried the dead of winter. Um, speaking of that, I think we got to wrap things up. I know it's probably been a shorty this time, but uh, a couple people got uh, meetings up on their schedule next. I feel like we talk way too much 
about COVID. I think we're Kentucky's official COVID-19 podcast, but uh, you know, it's just a thing that keeps on happening. So um, before we go, we'll, uh, we'll let you guys sign off. Uh, Brooke, uh, where can people find you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram at at btemmons26. Um, share lots of stuff about my life there. Uh, so jump in and say hi and let's start a conversation. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, but I'm usually not there. So um, <laughs> you can uh, you can you can follow me on Twitter there, but there's not going to be a lot of robust content. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and Marty, how about you? Yeah, I'm on that Twitter at bflumarty. Um, I do most of my posting there and I'm also on LinkedIn getting a little better there with, you know, posting, uh, business news and, and tidbits. So mm-hmm. that's the main two places to find me. Yep. I'm also more of a Twitter guy. You can find me at BF Lou David on Twitter. I'll spare you my, uh, Instagram handle because I haven't posted anything for like six months or something. I need a cat video or a cat photo, David. Come on. Right away. I'll get on that. Um, <laughs> If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, etc. Thank you very much, Marty and Brooke. Thank you guys for listening at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye.